How are we going to replace our aging driving force in trucking? On this episode of Driven Too Far, we're talking to Lindsey Trent of the Next Gen Trucking Association. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Hey, on this episode of Driven Too Far, we have guest with Lindsay Trent of the Next Generation in Trucking Association. Lindsay, it's great to see you again. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you today? Everything is fantastic. So I'm just curious a little bit about uh, the latest stats in trucking. You know, we've heard for a long time about shortages and drivers and stuff. Do you happen to know where we're at today on uh, how many drivers were short in the industry? Yeah, so today, um, I think the number's gone down just a little bit, but that we're 74,000 drivers short today. Um, And of course, by the end of the decade, so 2030, that number is going to increase um, quite substantially. And so I think we're going to be 130,000 drivers short by 2030, or maybe it was 160,000 drivers short by 2030. Um, so with freight capacity increasing, uh, with freight increasing, and then the workforce decreasing, it's just going to make it even more hard um, to hire drivers. Right. So we're already short drivers as is. And then we just know we've got uh, an aging workforce in the professional driving industry. And uh, a lot of them are looking at retirement over the next, uh, call it five to 10 years. So those are some scary numbers, really. And I think that's where your uh, organization comes in. I think you guys have found something there uh, in in promoting the next generation of trucking and where we're going to find those professionals. So can you tell us just a little bit about your history of that organization? Yeah, I would love to. So I've been in trucking 12 years and I started off doing driver staffing. Um, Then I went and worked for Ryder. And so within those two organizations, we were looking for drivers constantly. All of the companies I worked for, that was the biggest conversation we had. No matter who I talked to, it could have been the president of the company or the receptionist. And it was always like, we need 30 drivers, we need 40 drivers. Um, and in the aging workforce, in the lack of young people getting into the industry. And then I went to work for Ryder and hey, we also needed technicians. Um, and so talking to a lot of people about this problem, And I was at a a conference and we were thinking, hey, we need to come up with a cohesive solution. So an industry-wide solution for an industry-wide problem, and that is how do we get more young people interested in careers in trucking? How do we educate them and tell them about careers in trucking and their parents and educators and teachers? Um, And then how do we help schools start trucking programs? They have welding courses in school, culinary, courses, cosmetology, why can't they have professional driving courses in high schools that can lead to a pathway for young people to get their CDL and be well-trained, safe professional drivers? Uh, that's fantastic, and you're absolutely right. It's been we've I've been in the industry almost 30 years, and it's always been an issue with uh, finding drivers never enough. You know, part of me has got to wonder what we've done to ourselves as an industry too uh, over the years, and how we treat drivers and and things like that. I was uh, scrolling through social media uh, this this morning, and um, like I usually do, and I've I've belong to a couple trucking groups and I don't usually say much on them uh, but I'm just I'm trying to get the pulse of drivers what what are they talking about out there and what's going on and I've just got a I've got a 
kind of question, do we have an industry image, do you think? Do we have a problem, and did we create that problem ourselves? So I think the answer is definitely yes, but also no. I think, um, but more on the yes side, but there are so many amazing drivers that represent our industry so well and that are professionals they have homes and families contribute to the community um, and so i think with covid it really shined a light that drivers are essential workers that if we don't have professional drivers we don't have things on our shelves. We don't have supplies in our hospitals. We don't have food in our restaurants. We don't have fuel. And so that really shined a light on the fact that we need drivers and that drivers are a skilled professional job, a skilled professional career that can last a person their entire life and I mean really you can start off a driver and be a driver your entire career there's a lot of different driving jobs you can have. You can become an owner operator, you can work in food distribution, or you can become a safety manager or an HR or an operations. So there's so many career pathways. And I think the image has has really elevated, but I think it needs to be elevated more. And I think we as an industry need to treat drivers with respect. We need to make their jobs better and we need to elevate their their job and make them proud. Um, and, and drivers also, you know, need to exemplify professional driving um, and make the industry look good. Yeah, I think, uh Gosh, it's, a, it's about supporting each other in the industry, too. And that's what I probably saw this morning when I was looking through that post and stuff. It was somebody had made uh, or posted a mem about uh, it was either Gen Z or millennial type, you know, age group and stuff. And I think it just comes down to fear sometimes where maybe it's the older generation is, is worried about the retirement and stuff. And how could anybody possibly replace us? But, man, you're absolutely right. There's so many great young people coming into this industry and they're great workers and uh, great representation. So uh, I'd say let's let's cut them a break and let's start supporting each other instead of tearing each other down sometimes. Right, and, and all the knowledge that those drivers who've been professionally driving for 30, 40 years, they need to impart their knowledge to the next generation because they know a lot and the next generation is gonna look up to them for mentoring and for guidance. And so they need to accept that, that challenge and want to invest in the next generation. I love it, you're absolutely right there. So I'm curious about, um, you said, you know, get back into the the program and the association and stuff. How is it you're making your way into, let's say, high school or maybe community colleges? Talk a little bit about that. So the co-founder of NextGen, his name is Dave Dine, and he started teaching a high school trucking program. This is his seventh year at Patterson High School in California. And so one of the big things that we're trying to do as an association is replicate his program at schools across the country. It's a senior level course in high school. It's 210 hours. 30 of those hours are lab hours where they're doing driver simulation training. Um, it's a very well thought out, well put together curriculum that is going to um, incorporate ELDT theory 
um, from an ELDT theory provider, whether it's JJ Keller, Samba Safety, Luma Learning, Kelly Anderson Group. There's a lot of ELDT theory providers out there. And then it's a guide that says, hey, week one, this is your lesson. Week two, here's your lesson. Here's your PowerPoints. Here's your handouts. So really a curriculum guide where a school can easily start a professional CDL program, and we are training the next generation up to high standards. Then when they graduate from high school, then they go on and enroll in a private driving school or their local community college to get that behind the wheel training. And so we are working with a lot of student organizations and educational organizations. At the end of the month, we will be at the Association of Career Technical Education. Um, we will be presenting on how these schools across the country can start their own trucking program. And so I'm literally meeting with schools every day and helping them start trucking programs. So I want to make sure I understand it. When these, uh, when they graduate from the program in high school, they're not coming out of there with the CDL, but they've been exposed to the industry and have a lot of knowledge, and it's really uh, prepping them to, to take that next step and maybe go to the community college or something like that to, to finish their CDL training? Yeah, so that's right. So the way Dave's program works is it really prepares the student for that theory portion to get their commercial learner's permit. And then the next day, they they enroll in a private driving school's behind the wheel theory, behind the wheel, wheel training part. Okay. And so we do have some schools that want to do their own behind the wheel training, um, or if it's more of a rural school, they don't necessarily have access to um, a, a driving school. Um, and so some of them want to do their own behind the wheel training, but we think it's better to partner with community colleges and driving schools because they're really experts on that behind the wheel training and they um, they have the equipment, um, they have the instructors. And so partnering with them to get that behind the wheel training, but we're prepping them and they really are seeing that the drivers that come out of the high school program are some of the best they've seen because of all of the training they have on the simulator and all of the training they have in the classroom um, to prepare them to be a professional driver. It does. It sounds fantastic. So does the if a school wanted to get involved in something like this, what kind of investment do they have to be able to make? I, I heard you say simulator a couple of times. Do they have to invest yeah. in something like that? So we really highly recommend simulation training. Dave says he will never teach it. He would never recommend anybody teaching without a simulator, especially in the high school level. I mean, it it just takes the the fear out of being on the road because you're in a contained environment and he had a student um this past spring text him and say hey i just want to thank you for saving my life and then sent some pictures and dave was like oh my goodness the 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 gentleman he was 18 years old he had a steer tire blowout but because he had practiced that on the simulator and he had that muscle memory he knew exactly what to do and safely steered over to the side of the road and um you know, didn't cause an accident and was able to get everything fixed because of that simulation training so we do promote that which those do cost quite a bit of money um there is something called perkins funding and that is federal funding that goes to career technical education it's 1.3 billion dollars per year um, and so obviously the more trucking programs we have, the more federal funding our industry is gonna get. If we have 
1,400 automotive programs in high schools, but only 200 diesel programs, the automotive industry is getting the money that that trucking's not. If we only have a handful of CDL classes in high schools, that money isn't going to our industry. So, so using Perkins funding, there's a lot of state grants out there that schools can apply for as well to get a driver simulator. Or we even have companies that are stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, we have a driver simulator and we would like to partner with our local school and they can use our driver simulator to get that training. Um, and so, you know, there's creative ways to fund the programs um, and, and it could take time. You know, it might be, hey, in six months where we, we won this grant. Um, so this isn't an overnight solution, right? We don't want to just keep stealing drivers from each other and think that that's the solution. What we want to do is reach young people, let them know about these great careers where they can support their family, they can have a good job that leads to a great career path, and they can have this success in their life and that they can really um, get these good jobs that are in every community, whether it's rural or urban. Um, and really, that's how we need to get the next generation. It's a long-term investment. It's not a short-term solution. So from from the time maybe a high school shows interest in doing something like this, how what is the time frame for them, realistic time frame for them to get uh, something yeah. up, and, up and running? That is a great question. It really does vary because if we have the right cheerleader, the right person, the right industry partners, um, we can literally get a program up and running um, next semester. Um, but if we're meeting with schools today, it's mostly going to be for the next school year. Okay. So there's a lot of things that need to happen in preparation for them to start the next school year. Um, and, and it's credentials on the state department level. Um, you know, it's materials, it's a teacher. Um, and so ideally, if I'm meeting with schools, this month they're going to start the program the following school year it might take the school year after that but you know we're hopeful that we can get it started for the next school year and and just so you know we are working with industry who hires drivers and maybe they don't they can't hire a driver until they're 21 but those industry partners are still in a community they're still getting involved in their local school and we are helping make those connections to help these programs start so all of these programs have advisory committees i was just thinking about that because we uh we're in central nebraska called a rural community about fifty thousand in our town and within our town we've got i would call it four major truck lines uh, of pretty good size so how could we as um community members help a program like this uh, get started in our own our own backyard? That is a really good question. Um, so the first step would be to see if anybody at your company has any relationships with the school district. And then it would be just to make a simple phone call to the school to see who is over career technical education 
at your school and can I get their contact information? Once you get their contact information, you can make a phone call and say, hey, I'm going to send you this information about starting a CDL program to see if you might be interested. Would you you know, read the email? Could we maybe meet about starting a CDL program? And we at NextGen meet with schools daily. So we are happy to be a part of that meeting and give them the process of how they can start a CDL program. So that's where you folks come in and you can help get that going because you're you're really the expert at getting this thing up and running. That's right, but the school district want to work, wants to work with local employers. Local, sure. So they're going to listen when a local employer says, "Hey, we'd like for you to consider this." They're going to listen because you pay their the the taxes in the community and and they want to partner with local industry. They want industry to support their programs. And so it's it's really not as hard as you might think because these schools, that's what they're here for. They're training the next generation and they want to train them in careers that are high demand, high skill and high wage. And trucking is just that. Sounds like a win-win for the community for sure. It uh, is. So go tell me again, when did your program start? And then could you share any kind of success stories you've had along the way? Sure. Um, so Dave Dine at Patterson High School created his program seven years ago. Okay. Dave and I started talking probably mm, three and a half, four years ago about creating Next Generation and Trucking Association. It takes a long time to create a, an association and a foundation, and you know, form the bylaws, form all, form the mission, and and really, we were meeting with schools why we were doing that. But we all had full time jobs. Um, I was working for Ryder. Uh, Dave's still a teacher. Our board of directors all have jobs. They're passionate about trucking. They're passionate about this mission. Um, but we're all doing this on a volunteer basis, and so. Um, getting that started and working on our mission now we're we do have a full-time employee um, we're getting ready to bring on our second full-time employee and we're really focused on the mission trying to get schools to start programs but we can't do it without the industry we are supported by companies whether it's a carrier or an allied member um, that sells to a carrier that is also passionate about trucking in our mission and they join our association and help fund what we're doing in our initiatives around the country um, and so it's 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 really fun um, it's a lot of work but it's amazing because what we see is these young people's lives being changed because of a trucking program so if you think about a student that might not be succeeding in traditional education but they start in a trucking class, they're, they find something they're good at, they see a future for themselves, they literally can turn their life around and start being a professional driver um, instead of graduating and not knowing what they wanna do. This gives them direction and hope and a job and a career where they can support their family. Um, and we have seen that over and over and over again. Um, a, a great success story is with one of our partnerships up in northern uh, Minnesota with uh, Cloquet School District and Upper Lake Foods. And Upper Lake Foods bought into this idea. Um, it's, it's a more rural community and they wanted to start training their local high school 
um, about maybe, hey, why can't we have them start a CDL program? Lo and behold, the principal comes from a trucking family. <laughs> and so he immediately bought in and they applied for a grant, they won a grant and they started a CDL program pretty quickly. And these are students that are applying to get into this program. They're they're graduating, they're getting their CDL, and literally they have this hope and this future in a career field that the sky's the limit for them. Um, and they have an employer in their community that wants to hire them. So it's a great partnership and there's a lot of great success stories all around the country that I could go on and on about. Well, that's great because it's, uh, you know, you you talk about these things and you go, oh man, this might just be for you know larger communities, larger cities and stuff, but to hear the success of a rural community is uh, fantastic. So I think a lot of our listeners here on this podcast are drivers, of course, as they're moving up and down the road and stuff. What could they do to get involved in this? How would they, you know, maybe their thoughts are going right now and um, they're thinking, man, this would be great, something back in my hometown. How do they get involved in that? How do they get the wheels turning on that? Yeah, so they can they can contact us and we will be happy to connect with their local school system. I have some drivers that come to me and they say, you know, I'm thinking of retiring, uh, but I'm, I don't wanna hang it up yet. I, I, I wanna still, you know, give back. And they decide they wanna teach this course. So if there's a person out there that's thinking, hey, I could teach high school students how to become professional drivers, um, that might be how they want to get involved. But they might just want to get involved with their local school and promote jobs in trucking, take a truck. All of these schools have career fairs. My local school, I was at their career fair last year, and it's really fun to talk to these students about what they want to do for their future and let them know that the trucking industry has a lot of different jobs and they can find a lot of success in. They don't they don't know that. Um, and so it's about educating and, and really elevating the industry by letting them know of all the great opportunities um, and mentoring these young people and showcasing careers. I think back when I was uh, probably a teenager and stuff like that, and I, I, I would not have had exposure to anything like this. So just that whole idea uh, that it's bringing exposure and it's a way into the industry where a lot of these kids uh, probably wouldn't have had a chance to do that. So uh, I just love it. I think this is a fantastic program. Yeah, thanks. And one of the best things, too, is um, these kids mostly are getting this credential for free so the school districts pay for it so they come out they have a cdl they can go to work and some of them are just going to work and they want to be a, a driver they want to buy their own truck um so they're you know eventually working their way to that um some of them are using it to work their way through college it's a better job than working at the local fast food restaurant and so this is an opportunity that for them to make more money while they're while they're driving or while they're in school um so there's a lot of opportunities hey i know Lindsay. when we were off camera you were telling me you just got back from an event with the association can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so we just got back from the 
FFA National Convention. And if you don't know what that means, it's Future Farmers of America. Um, this was their 96th year to have this national convention. And there are a lot of students that go to this convention. It's students, it's advisors, it's teachers. Any idea? Do you want to take a wild guess at how many students are at this convention? It's in Indi- Indianapolis every year. Uh, my kid was involved in that years ago, and I think at the time they were hosting it in Louisville. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't remember the number, but I remember it was big. It was impressive that they got that many kids there all together at one time. Yeah, so this year was 72,000 students and advisors and teachers. And so they have this huge exhibit hall, if you can imagine. Um, We had so much success last year that we tripled our booth size. We have partners that come in. So we have a driver simulator. Um, Our partner, Marvin Johnson, they do truck insurance. Um, They bring their driver simulator. We have another partner that does VR headsets, so you can change the oil on a truck with a VR headset. Uh, we literally have a crowd of students around our booth the entire time. And a lot of these students, they might be 15, 16, they've already driven a truck on the farm. Um, and so letting them showcase their their skills on the driver simulator is really fun. Um, but one of our partnerships is with the national tank truck carriers. And um, this is the second year we've done this. They have their grand champion driver that wins their um, professional driver of the year and two finalists there. So the grand champion driver, um, his name's Kenneth Tolliver. He's from Hoffman Transport G&G Trucking. And so he was there talking to students as well as two other finalists um, talking to students about being a professional driver. And, um, you know, they're talking about what kind of truck they have. And these students just they love it. They they get into it. A lot of them maybe want to be an owner operator. And one of those drivers was an owner operator. And so just showcasing jobs and trucking and and also letting the young females know because one of the finalists was a female. Uh, Her name's Pam Randall with Highway Transport. And so she's saying, hey, I'm a driver, you can do it. Um, And so it's so fun to talk to these students to to just really encourage them to consider trucking as a career choice and letting them know there's so many types of jobs in trucking. And and so what we're doing as an association is not only career branding, but forming those partnerships in each state. Uh, We work with a lot of state trucking associations and they're really the boots on the ground and helping them navigate the education system in their state. It's it's a lot of different language. Uh, There's a lot of different groups that they can be involved in um, and making those introductions and, and bringing them along to help us start more trucking programs across their state is something that we also wanna do. So this really isn't about us. This is about how can we help mobilize people within their own community to work within their school districts, to work within their communities, to help create these trucking programs. We just have a lot of conduits to be able to help and make it successful. It's again. It's just a fantastic program, and I'm I'm so glad we got to meet here uh, a while back. I think I was in maybe South Carolina or something a few months back when we had our first call. But I'm so impressed with what you guys are doing. Uh, I can't wait to help spread the word through the podcast, and and I'm going to go home and I'm going to check on our local school situation to see where that conversation's going. I know it got started, so 
uh, I think that'd be a great thing for our little community of, of 50,000 as well. So thanks for joining me today. I can't can't thank you enough. It's been great to be on the show. Thank you. And how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to find your organization? So visit us online, nextgentrucking.org. Um, they can also follow us. Uh, we're on all the social media platforms, um, at the Next Generation and Trucking Association, or at Next Gen Truckers. Um, we send out a monthly newsletter, so you can find on our website how to sign up for our monthly newsletter. And we are really excited to partner with you. So if there's anything that we can help you with, get on our website, message us, and we will uh, be excited to, to work with you. Thanks again, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. Be sure and leave us a comment and we'll see you on the next episode.